What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 236 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Thursday, October 28th, 2021. Just sliding on into Halloween here. Mike, how you doing? You got any Halloween plans? No, I don't really have any Halloween plans. I will probably be working on Halloween, probably working at Kohl's. And then I'll watch uh, the Dallas Cowboys play on Sunday night and hope they win and hope I don't get a trick. Hope I get a treat with the, <laughs> with the Cowboys win over the Vikings on, on Halloween night. Because that's really what I'm going to be focusing on. I, I don't really do a whole lot of special stuff for Halloween. I, I'm not even going to dress up. I think for the next two days at work, at least at Michael's, you can dress up. So... I'm just going to wear like a horror themed shirt and like a horror themed hat and be like, I'm a horror fan. That That's, that's, that that's my Halloween costume. Wow. <laughs> you just, you, you're just not going to play ball. Are you Mike? Well, I did last year and it didn't really, it, it didn't mean anything. So, cause I dressed up as Maverick uh, from Top Gun. So, ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah, I feel like we usually have like shows. Oh no, I'm talking about my band again. God help me. God help the listeners out there. Um, yeah, I feel like we, we usually have like shows around Halloween. Um, I don't even think we really plan it that way. It's just kind of how it turns out. Like, I think for the uh-huh. last like four years now, three, uh, probably at least the last three years, we've uh, we've had a, a show. So on Halloween yeah. itself, this year it's on a Sunday, which I mean that that's kind of lame. Because, you know, like... The- yeah, it ties into uh, 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 the last Halloween film that I watched, uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which actually takes place on Sunday the 31st. Yeah, it's like, all right, kids, go on trick-or-treat. Okay, now you gotta go home and go to sleep and go to school tomorrow. <laughs> like, <laughs> sucks. But, but... uh it's going to suck, especially for the kids to have to do it like when it's like a rainy day or like it's raining cats and dogs at night because uh, over here, like the forecast is just rain and more rain. So I've been there. I remember doing trick or treating with my aunt and we would just get in the car and just drive <laughs> You to drive up to a house, get out of the car, run out, get the candy, then run back in the car and then just keep going. <laughs> Damn that 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 would be fucking miserable. I don't think that's ever happened. Like in Florida, uh, around October, like the end of October, especially, it doesn't really rain that much because we're getting into like the fall season, and um, mm-hmm. that it just doesn't rain much here in Florida during the fall. Um, that's all summertime. Everyone thinks Florida is like so amazing in the summer. It actually is fucking. I don't think it's amazing. I think it's uh, humid and and nasty and just bleh. Yeah, from all, what the, I've been all those hearing. things. It is fucking hot. It's humid. It's just it's shitty. Um, I am. <laughs> I am it's like, like living in the tropics. I am so yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I am so not the person to like be from Florida because I don't give a shit about the beach. Um, I don't give a shit about like doing outdoor activities. Um, like I, I just, I feel like I would like it a lot better in like a more of like a area with like less water in general. Like I'm not a huge fan of like, and then like all the bridges and shit uh, that everywhere in Jacksonville, I kind of have like a phobia about some of those and like, I don't know. 
That's an interesting phobia, a bridge phobia. Dude, if you um, saw some of these bridges, and first of all, you don't even drive, so you can't relate. I'm not like dissing you. I'm just saying. Like, no, I know. You know. I mean, I'm just saying. It, I just, I just think it's interesting because I. That's the first I've ever heard of a bridge phobia. Yeah, if anyone there's, out there is there's listening, probably a word for it. Oh, I'm sure there is. Well, fear of heights, acrophobia. Um, yeah, I don't is like that. It is it a fear of heights? It's it's a combination of fear of heights and claustrophobia because I feel like when I'm on the bridge, like I can't escape. Because I mean, you okay. you can't because you're stuck on the bridge until you drive off the other side. So it's like a combination of the two. If it's like a low bridge that doesn't um, go up into the heavens, then it doesn't uh-huh. freak. It still freaks me out, but not as much. It's more claustrophobia at that point, and just like. I don't know. So you wouldn't probably like living in a big city then because there's all these bridges and everything. Well, like New place. York City, maybe like like there's a lot of bridges, but like yeah. a lot of big cities, they don't really. I mean, if you don't have if you don't have bodies, well, I know in Portland there's a lot of bridges in Portland. If anyone out there listening, just look up the Dames Point Bridge at Jacksonville, Florida, and tell me that that doesn't look like a fucking terrifying bridge. I, I avoid that one. Uh, the Matthews Bridge, which was coined in the Limp Biscuit song, My Generation. John Otto, take it to the Matthews Bridge. That's I avoid that bridge because it's like one of the oldest bridges in Jacksonville. And it's like it, it goes really it juts really high up and it's really narrow. And it's just like, fuck that. I'm just not doing it. And then it used to have metal grating on the very top. So when it rained, the rain would just kind of go through, you know, and it wouldn't it wouldn't Go, like slide down the road or whatever. Ooh, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, so you drive, you, know, you get the to the very top, yeah. and then you're driving over fucking metal grating at the highest part of the. <laughs> it's like everything is like a big nope in my book when it comes to that shit. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, in other news for me in my life, first of all, guys, this is our getting together and you know and, uh, sharing a little bit before going into the podcast. Um, we're, we're gonna get to the mysteries. Don't worry, but. Um, because yeah. I don't really have anything to share about my boring two jobs because it just hasn't been really much of anything. It, it, thankfully, it's not been that crazy. Although there was, there's been a couple days where I'm doing a double where it's just kind of like, really? I don't have an extra person to close on a Saturday night. It's just me and my manager again. Uh, that's something I'm definitely getting tired of. Normally, that would like be I, my life too, except for the fact that... Um, yeah, because like for me, it's just been you know going and doing my karaoke gigs, come yeah. you know trying to finish the music video for our new upcoming song. Um, you doing know, doing YouTube stuff and doing doing YouTube stuff, uh, pissing off a bunch of fans of this one particular person <laughs> um, by making scathing videos about them and their shitty Justin? band. <laughs> Justin, James Rolfe, etc. But no, I um, I'm, there are Justin Silverman fanboys, really. That would surprise me if there were. That it really would. <laughs> like what? Do, anyway, I'm not gonna get off on that tangent because that you know, we got a rabbit hole. That would become good B-roll, but I don't feel like editing that much this week. Um, but yeah, I I'm I am like stepping back from doing weddings for a while. Um, I uh-huh. kind of I pretty much quit my wedding job that I was working at. Um, and the one I was for a second there, I was working for two wedding companies. The first being uh, Deland Entertainment, which was the first wedding company that I ever worked for. They trained me. They, 
you know, taught me everything. And I did a bunch of weddings through them. And then when the pandemic happened, well, the owner died. And then the guy, other guy who took over, he didn't really have an interest in keeping the company going. And so he took a career in a completely different field. And now the only time I ever hear from them is if they get a random referral from way back when it's like, oh, call Deland, they're the best, you know, and then so I'll get like maybe two or three gigs a year from Deland. Um, But so I joined this other wedding company that's more active and I just fucking don't like doing weddings. I never did, but like I, I guess I just was like, I need the money and it, and you don't need the money as much anymore. I mean, not now. not really. Like I, I've I've got four gigs a week. I mean, one of them uh, pays pretty damn well because it's uh, a, a busy gig in a trendy part of town. So it's like, and and dude, these weddings are stressing me the fuck out. Like, and I'm sick of the stress. And this last wedding I did, a thousand percent confirmed my decision to like get the fuck out of doing weddings. Like it was it was. It's funny because I've been doing weddings for a really long time, but this one was like one of the worst like experiences I've ever had doing a wedding. Um, oh man, that sto- sucks. A little story time here for a second. <laughs> um, so it was out in the middle of nowhere, first of all, and they wanted me to do. They wanted me to have three three fucking different setups. They wanted a setup for the ceremony area, which was like way in the back of this property. Uh, they wanted a cocktail hour set up, which was in the front yard of this mansion. And then the reception was in the backyard of the mansion. So there's three different setups. I was not told this be- like going in. I wasn't told shit. Like I went to the event uh, details thing on our uh, the website for the wedding company I work for. And this dude, the owner, man, this dude never puts any information down. Like you don't know what you're walking into. Like, there's barely any, like, my last company I worked for, you had all the fucking information. My boss would call me before the wedding and give me a lay of the land, and it really helped. At at, at the time, I thought it was annoying, but looking back, it really helped a lot, like, already knowing what to expect. But this guy that I work for now, he doesn't do any of that. So you go in blind. So I went in there, and I'm seeing, like, I'm having to take a, a, a lay of the land. I'm like, okay, the ceremony's way back here, and then the cocktail's way up there. And I only have enough setup for two locations. I have a mini speaker and my iPhone that I use for the ceremony stuff. And that's what I also use for cocktail hour. And then I have my main setup where the reception is going to be. So uh, first thing that happened was um, my wireless mic, the uh, clip on lavalier mic that you clip onto someone's jacket if they're, you know, whatever. If you're doing an interview or giving a speech or something, you don't want to hold a microphone. Um my wireless system w- w- like started crapping out during the middle of the ceremony. Like as the guy was talking, as the officiant was talking, my microphone started going in and out. Like so you- you'd hear him over the speaker for a little bit and then he'd cut out and you wouldn't hear him at all. And it, it just... Well, there's a sign. Yeah, and I'm just literally like looking around like I'm so fucking embarrassed because I know people are like looking at me like like the wedding planner and shit. Who was a total bitch, by the way, but I'll get to her more later. But it was like completely embarrassing. And this, the fucked up thing is it's it's done it in the past. And pretty much every time I bring it 
to ceremonies, I have to just pray that it doesn't do it. Well, I'm not fucking bringing that thing anymore, or I just need to Google what the fuck's going on with it, because that thing is unreliable. I will take blame for that. I will take blame for the fact that it cut in and out, and that was mistake number one or whatever. And so... After the ceremony's over, I had to take all my gear and I had to like walk it all the way over to the cocktail hour area, which was like a fucking quarter of a mile away (laughs) from uh, where the ceremony was. So there was like a 10 minute period where there wasn't music playing in the cocktail hour area, which I figured wouldn't matter because everyone else had to walk over there, too. So I would be pretty much getting there around the same time as everyone else. So I get this text from my boss saying, um, saying, what's going on out there? I'm getting complaints. Um, they're saying that the music was too loud. Um, the ceremony sounded like crap and you weren't playing music when you were supposed to. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, (laughs) that's like three different things that I fucked up already and I just got here. Wow. Okay. And I knew it was the wedding planner that that tattled uh, to me on my to my boss because she um, there was a, a lot of miscommunication between her and I leading up to the wedding. And some of the blame was on her. Some of the blame was on me. But um, I just asked her a simple question through text message about the ceremony. And she said, please refer to the notes that I typed out and read read them. All of the answers are in there. Instead of answering my question, she which would have just been a simple yes or no. She said, please read the notes. Uh, there, there, The answer is in there. And I just, I respond back to her and I just go, LOL, okay. Which, you know, it's not the most professional response. It's kind of sassy. It's kind of like, lol, okay, you know, bitch, you know. Um, so I think because I responded to her like that, she um, just felt, just took the liberty to like text my boss like every little problem that I was making. And um, first, uh, so I approached her because I knew she was the one who 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 uh, snitched on me or whatever. And I go, hey, you know, I was like, I don't know if you and I got off to a bad start or not. But, you know, you could have come to me about the music being too loud. You didn't have to tell my boss that. And she's like, I didn't tell him that. He's probably just jumping to conclusions. And I'm like, "Okay, but you said I was late playing music, and she's like, yeah, in the cocktail hour area, there's like 10 minutes of dead silence. And I'm like, yeah, well, I didn't know I needed three separate setups for this gig. I only have two. And she's like, oh, well, most of the DJs we have here, it's all pretty seamless. And I, at this point, I'm like, oh, you were such, you were being such a passive-aggressive Ooh. bitch right now. Ooh. And um, and I'm like, you know, um, what, what was the other thing? Um, music being too loud oh i didn't even i didn't even try to argue with her with like the ceremony sounding like crap because what can i say i mean my my mic system fucked up so i didn't bring that up because that was correct but um you know and i'm she's like yeah you know we had talked about you know the this uh or you know you said you were gonna call me back and you never did and i was like actually you said you were gonna call me back and she's like yeah but you know and then then like the night uh, like the day before the wedding you know you get this info and basically she was trying to put it all put all the blame on me 
And I go, hey, man, I was like, let's not sit here and argue, okay? Like, And she's like, okay, yeah, you're right. And I was like, we have a whole wedding ahead of us, and we need to work together, okay? So, like, let's just stop trying to pass blam on each other. I'm just saying, like, just please come to me if you have a problem, okay? Like, don't... I mean, what the fuck? Why are you going to text my boss and tell him, who's not even there, he's hundreds of miles away, wherever the fuck he is, and talking about the music's too loud. Wouldn't you just come up to me directly, you passive-aggressive bitch? Like, what the fuck was that? But that was just the fucking beginning. So then we do the introductions where we introduce the bridal party into the reception area. And um, now I'm finally starting to consult her list. Because what I do as a wedding DJ and what I've done for the last five, six years, and it's always worked, I get together with the bride ahead of time on the phone. I used to meet him in person until I realized I can get the same exact amount of work done on the phone and there's no fucking need to meet him in person. That was my company's old policy. And I'm like, why do I have to meet him in person? I can just, anyway. Um, So I call up the bride and I get all the info from the bride. I ask her, you know, what songs are we doing for this? How do you want to do that? So I had my own itinerary of information from the bride. And I only, and I had spoken to her like two or three weeks before the wedding and then um, Miss Wedding Coordinator, she apparently went with the bride and made a completely different I- itinerary. So all the information that I had was inaccurate, including the um, introduction of uh, the bridal party into the reception for the first dance. The list of names that I was given was flipped polar opposite. It was in reverse. So that's just fucked. So if t- like that's all kinds of fucked up, man. Like I, yeah. So I end up. F- I mean, I end up call- no like, communication. No, and I. So I end up catching it at the last fucking minute, and so I'm calling the names right, and then I get one of them wrong. And the mom who's standing by me, she's like, "That's not the right people," and it's like the mom of the bride. So I look like the biggest jackass right now. I fucked up their ceremony. <sighs> Uh, now I'm fucking up the intro. They were probably hating me so much. <laughs> and, um, Just all staring daggers straight oh, at yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Like, They're stabbing you with their eyes. And, like, the I noticed that the camera, the camera people and the videographer, they they were, like, kind of, like, throughout the night, I would, like, make comments, I would, you know, just being like, all right, let's get the show on the road. And they'd just start busting out laughing, like, dude, this guy right here. So I think... I think they were all like, man, this DJ is, is like a train wreck. Let's like laugh at him and point out all his mistakes, you know, and anytime he says anything, you know, we're just going to like laugh because, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That could have been in my head. They could have genuinely thought I was funny. I don't know. So I fuck the um, the lineup uh, up be, for the uh, intros or whatever because they reversed order. So then after all the dances are done, uh, it's time to eat, right? So like normally I would just release the tables like, okay, tables one through three, you can go and and get in line, you know, at the buffet and, um, you know, go like that. But no, this lady wanted me to do a fucking trivia game to release tables. And she did not, the bride did not discuss that with me when I talked to her, but she did want it. Apparently by the time she talked to the wedding coordinator, and I walked up and, and I see this trivia bullshit in her notes and my heart drops. I'm like, what? 
I don't I don't have any trivia lined up for this. I don't even know how to do this fucking game. I've seen it done once at one of the weddings that I shadowed when I first started. And so I walked up to her and I was like, hey, uh, it says trivia here. I don't have any trivia game. And then she like rolls her eyes so blatantly. She this bitch hated me and she probably thought I was the worst again. She should just hate herself because she's the the one that really is to blame for all this. Last minute changes to things. No communication with the wedding uh, you know, the wedding party, you know, planner and it, it, it's just like one of those things it's like, what the fuck? Like, no communication with the DJ at all? Like, no. Oh, a last minute, like, literally 30 seconds she before. Sent, she like, sent me her, her master timeline or her final yeah. timeline. She sent it the night before. She sent it on Friday night. The wedding was on Saturday unprepared i didn't look at the timeline because i assumed it was going to be all the same shit that i had talked to the bride about but no the bride went it was a long chain of fuck-ups the bride went after we talked and changed a bunch of shit and didn't let me know um the wedding coordinator did not give me the information until the last minute and then she's gonna act all pissed off at me and i'm like i don't have any trivia prepared and she goes well they really wanted trivia so just pull up some trivia on your phone or something and she walks away like a Ugh. just like a oh god just chick was and doing nothing to help either just like oh well just just pull up some trivia on your phone like maybe you could pull up some trivia on your phone maybe you could help me out a little bit here lucky <laughs> miss last minute lucky for uh no communication skills <laughs> i also like to call her like uh the the wedding nazi uh <laughs> I, I, I also point out uh, no like, wedding for you <laughs> lucky for the wedding nazi i used to be a trivia dj and i would always email myself my games so i could just pull the games up on my phone instead of printing them out and i'd save on paper so i remembered that and all i, I went to my yahoo e- email on my phone and i just typed in trivia and boom like 50 games of my past trivia came up so I'm like, fucking thank God, at least I have that. So then I just literally make up a stupid game. I'm like, okay, whoever, whichever person comes up here first with the right answer, that's the table that can go. And so I'm just pulling this out of my ass. And there's like a hundred guests at this wedding. And I'm noticing that there are so many people here that by the time I get done doing all these tables with this trivia shit, like we're going to be so... At- like over schedule like we're gonna be so behind schedule so after doing it like four or five times i just literally i was like all right anyone else who hasn't you know eaten yet just go and by that point we were way behind schedule according to her little master timeline and um so 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 much so that i didn't even get to eat and the vendors always get to eat at weddings like 90 percent of the time like the 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 photographers, the videographer, the DJ always get to eat. It's kind of fucked up to not set aside a meal for the vendor because they're people too, and they get hungry too. So um, I didn't get to. I literally didn't have time because I was busy asking that stupid ass trivia game. And then by the time I was done with all that, the line for the buffet was so long. It's like fuck it, I'm just not gonna eat. And um, then it was time for, you know, they did the toasts and all that. So they do the toasts, and that was supposed to be the end because the bride and groom, their whole thing was, we want to get to the partying as soon as possible. I'm like, all right, cool. So they get done doing the toasts. They already and pre-planned on her little master sheet, her master list. It was only supposed to be the maid of honor and the best man. And as soon as the 
best man finished, I threw on the fucking Cupid shuffle. I got everyone on the floor dancing. Got like probably 60 or 70 people dancing, doing this stupid Cupid shuffle. And then the groom comes up to me in the middle of the song and goes, hey, our dads want to make a toast too. So can you like, after this song, can you just kill it? Oh my God. And I'm just like, I wanted to punch him in his stupid face. I'm like, you motherfucker. I'm going to have to clear the fucking dance floor now after I have everyone up here ready to fucking dance so your stupid drunk dads can make a fucking toast, a drunken toast. Oh, that was so fucking... I was like, dude, are you trying to make me look like the worst fucking DJ? I've already had, like, five different things go wrong, and you're literally trying to make me look like the most incompetent jackass because now everyone's going to be like... Why are they making a toast now? Why didn't they make a toast before when everyone else was doing toast? It wasn't on the fucking list. They just pulled it out of their ass. And then I have to look like the fucking idiot. So after the week... Because they're just expecting you to know all the answers because you're the DJ. Like, you're, you're you're supposed to have, like, cerebro levels of fucking psychic ability or some shit. I even uh, so asked just, her. Uh, just, like, look at the guy, you know, look at the group and be like, hey, d- 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 just to, out of out of the blue, ask them... Do you have anyone else that w- that you know that wants to make a toast? But like this kind of stuff, like who the fuck thinks of that on the fly? That's just completely unrealistic. Yeah, and so they do. They give their stupid speeches, and their dad dad speeches are always the worst at any wedding I've ever gone to. That like they're trying to be like funny, and they're trying to be like. I mean, they're just they're just always bad. I don't know what it is. Like dads never give good speeches at weddings. They're they're just cringy as fuck. So then they finish their whole spiel. I try to get people back on the dance floor, but it's not nearly the number that it was because, you know, these people were dancing and their adrenaline's going and now all of a sudden they got to sit down for another 20 or 15 minutes, you know, and and totally resets the energy. Now I got to build it back up and get everyone back on the dance floor. Sorry, I'm just, uh, I guess I'm allergic to the the amounts of bullshit yeah. that are going on I don't, I, in, I don't blame in you. this fucking story. And on top <laughs> you're of... just like, oh my god. On top of everything else, a wedding coordinator, the main point of their existence at a wedding is so they keep everything going smoothly. They keep one event to the next event running smoothly. That means... Ten, five, ten minutes before the toasts are supposed to happen... She comes over to me and lets me know, hey, it's 6.20 at 6.30, we're going to do toast. Cool. I get on the mic and I go, hey guys, in about 10 minutes, we're going to be doing toast, so if you don't have anything to toast with, now's your chance to top off your glass, blah, blah, blah. And then at 6.30, we do a toast. This bitch never came up to me a single time to tell me when anything was happening. I had to I had to seek her out. I had to run her ass down and be like, hey, so when, when we want to do the... Uh, cake cutting when we want to do this when we want to do that and then she would tell me and then i would announce it you know she's like oh in five minutes so in five minutes i would announce that the thing's happening and then she'd be like no 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 we're not ready yet another five minutes and i'm like are you fucking i'm about to strangle everybody here with my bare hands like that i just and then the the fucking the cherry on top of this whole shit sunday was because this place was some rustic location uh, wedding, it was in the middle of fucking nowhere in in um, green, the city called Green Cove Springs in Florida. And there was no Wi-Fi. There was no Wi-Fi from the venue. There was no Wi-Fi on my phone. 
There was no Wi-Fi on other people's phones who were trying to set up their hotspot so I could connect my laptop to it. So that meant I couldn't take anyone's requests. And the bride was requesting all kinds of shit. The bride, not a a guest, not a bridesmaid, the actual bride, the the person (laughs) whose day they dream about since they're little girls. She she's the one that I'm having to tell no to because I don't have Wi-Fi. And it's just They're probably like, what? You don't have CDs? What? You don't have a USB flash drive no, with all these no, they, they, all these songs on it? Thankfully they're not fucking boomers. You can't hook up your iPod. <laughs> they, they don't they would they would never expect me to have CDs, but um but the, the th- again with the bride's shitty planning skills the whole reason why we have you fill out paperwork before we do the wedding is so you give us the songs that you absolutely know you're going to want to hear. That way we'll, we'll already have them pre-downloaded on our computer. This chick yeah, only gave me like... There you tw- go. Yeah, this chick only gave me like 12 or 13 songs that m- must be played at her wedding during the dance time. And I had those songs and they were ready to go. But then out of nowhere, she starts pulling other songs out of her ass, like this song called "Dick" by um, like Megan the Stallion and some other dude, like Star <laughs> Starboy or something. The and the fuck? song's called "Dick," and it is the stupidest fucking, like, just grotesque, like, sexually explicit song. And like, they kept coming up to me, her and her bridesmaids, going, "Can you play Dick? The bride wants to hear Dick," and it's just like. You people are. How about you suck my dick? Oh my god! That, yeah, that's, that would have been a good. That would have been a good comeback, actually. Hey, can you suck my dick? That's the only dick I have for you right now. Because there is no Wi-Fi. Can't you dumb bitches understand that? And like, there's dick all here, man. I got nothing. And the funny thing is, is like. I'm telling them that there's no Wi-Fi, and they're like, oh, well, well, like, let me use my Wi-Fi hotspot on my phone, and then I point to their phone, and I go, hey, look, there's no service. That means your hotspot isn't going to work, because there's no Wi-Fi anywhere for anyone. <laughs> Nobody has it. So, after, uh, after all that... No dick for you. I finally got everyone <laughs> dancing and shit, because the, the alcohol finally kicked the fuck in. And so everyone's dancing, and um, I take a video of everyone dancing, and I send it to my boss, and I go, I don't know, man, it doesn't exactly look like I'm, quote, not on my game, which was like a nice big middle finger to my boss, because it's like, dude, the fact that you would take the side of this wedding coordinator, and he's like, well, we work with them all the time, and, and we get a lot of business through this venue, and you're not on top of your game, and it's like, just because you work with her all the time... I don't care. Like, you need to stand behind your fucking DJs. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what their opinion is of me. Usually, like, when I'm leaving, I'll, like, you know, thank people and say bye, and I'll get, like, the business cards of the photographers and all that. Bro, when this ending was done, I packed my shit up as fast as humanly possible, and I got the fuck out of Dodge, because I, I did not spend, I did not want to spend one solitary more minute in that fucking hellhole. You were also pretty hungry. That's probably another uh, another thing that honestly, was going my on. Stomach had, starving. My stomach had started eat, eating itself at that point, so I really wasn't that hungry. I was more, um, adrenaline was going. Like, yeah, I was okay. just so, 
like over all of it. I just wanted to go and get fucking drunk in Jacksonville and not be in this fucking middle of nowhere shithole anymore. I mean, it actually wasn't a shithole. It was a nice venue, but still, like, shitty people. And the funny thing is, I have another wedding at that place December 4th. So, yay! <laughs> but hopefully it'll be, I hope and pray to God it is a different wedding planner. If it's the same wedding planner, oh, my God. <laughs> That'll be a fucking nightmare, dude. Can you imagine that? All right, okay, I'm here. And then you just look up, and there she is. You're just like... Like, is this some kind of, like, squid game? Like, do, do I have to... Is this some elimination thing? Like, the fuck? I'd just, just be like, nope, and just run I would just turn, out I'd, the- I'd just turn right back around. I'd be like, you know what? This is my last wedding with this wedding company, and yeah, I'm good. I'm leaving. I'm not working with this bitch. <laughs> so that was my epic wedding story that took up, like, a third of the podcast. <laughs> but I had to document that. I don't know if that's going to be B-roll or not. This is pretty long. I'll probably make it as its own topic, like Josh's wedding disaster and then like the other two (laughs) cases. Because, dude, literally, like, people always ask me, like, oh, what's the worst thing that's happened at your weddings? And I, for the longest time, I only had, like, one or two little minor things that really weren't that big of a deal, Mm -hmm. like... But now I have a fantastic like story. Anytime someone <laughs> asks me, like, what what's the worst wedding experience you've had? I definitely have a story now. Because, um, like, and it's so surprising, too, because, like, I've been doing weddings for so long. I just couldn't believe all these things were fucking up at the same time, you know. But it'd it, it be like that yeah. sometimes, as they say on the streets. It sounds like the kind of wedding that was so bad it uh, stole your soul. Uh and uh, speaking of stealing, uh, now we're going to segue into Ooh, the first was, Unsolved Mysteries very, case. That was a very rough segue, Mike. I know it was, but hey, <laughs> what are you going to do? It was, a, it was a rough wedding story, so yeah. it makes sense that the segue is a little bumpy. So uh, this is the case of Alan Golder, who is known as the Dinner Time Bandit. The mugshots of this guy, his eyes are like wide open... Uh, he just looks like the kind of guy who's like shocked or drunk or high or both. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's he got, definitely he's, looks. He's got, he's got those kind. He's kind of got like pseudo Steve Buscemi eyes to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, forty-two-year-old Alan Golder is considered one of the best and most persistent cat burglars in the United States. He is known for his early evening invasions, usually during the victim's dinner times, which gives him the nickname the Dinner Time Bandit. Golder's life of crime began when he was six. He grew up poor in Long Island. His father, a career criminal, had abandoned the family when he was three. At 16, he dropped out of high school and by age of 21 began burglarizing full-time. He struck the homes of wealthy residents in Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, Golder briefly worked as an underworld informer for the police, but he eventually went back to home invasions between 1976 and 1980. When the authorities recognized his signature, he was already on the run. During those years, he stole over $25 million worth of gems from some of America's wealthiest families. At some point, he became involved with the Genovese crime family. They wanted him to become an international jewel thief. Which apparently... 
is actually a thing, and it's not something that's just straight out of a TV show or or the movies. Yeah, I, I really think, do like, have people who are like, "Hey, you're a really good thief. How about we hire you, pay you some extra money, and have you on our payroll so you can steal stuff overseas?" Yeah, I'm thinking like uh, James Bond or something like that. Like diamonds are for- forever. <laughs> he was arrested uh, in 1980 for the 1978 murder of a Long Island millionaire named Lawrence Lever, who had been shot and killed in a botched burglary by one of Golder's accomplices. He struck a deal with the prosecutors. Uh, he agreed to, to plead guilty to the murder and would inform authorities on the Genovese crime family mobsters in exchange for a minimum term of 15 years to life. While in prison, he continued to look through magazines that featured homes of the wealthy. Uh, When he was paroled in 1996, he soon went back to being a cat burglar. I think, like, didn't he go to, like, tours? Did he, like, go on, like, tour bus rides? For, like, the, 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 the... the tours for the rich and famous. No, they never said you know, that for the celebrity in the, in the segment. But I think there there is another unsolved mysteries segment where I think they they did do that. I th- I thought he did. I thought he did do that. Like he looked at the the the, uh, the uh, guides in prison, and then like he would actually go, and then he would see where they are, and then he would think about stealing. I mean, I from I just, uh, these I just rich watched and, the segment like. 30 huh. minutes ago and I don't remember that part so anyway uh, he uh, looked at all these magazines about the homes of the wealthy uh, authorities estimate that Golder has burglarized more than 50 homes and stolen 5 million dollars in gems from the estates in Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New York and New Jersey in October of 1997 he was caught in a woman's bathroom he tied her up and fled in her car in November, Golder vanished from his apartment in Queens, New York, and has not been seen since. So apparently, uh, this was a case that was also featured on America's Most Wanted. And there's an update. He was caught. Uh, for several years, Golder was living abroad in Europe. On December 14, 2006, he was arrested in Belgium during a home burglary. He had been on the run for nine years. In November of 2007, he was returned to Connecticut, where he was convicted on kidnapping, burglary, and larceny charges. He has since been sentenced to 15 years in Connecticut's Department of Corrections. I bet in Belgium, he didn't even have to break in. They were just so friendly. He just, like, knocked on the door and like, Oh, yeah, how can I help you? Uh, yeah, I'm here to take all your stuff. Well, I guess if you need it more than we do, then, uh, okay, that's probably be okay. That, that's fine, uh. Uh, our stuff is your stuff. Yeah, thanks. Whatever, I'm gonna take this and go. <laughs> Maybe that's why the movie Funny Games actually had multiple instances of uh, home invaders getting in the house because they said they needed to borrow some eggs because it's an Austrian film. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's different over there. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I you know, like, um. For me, I just thought it was stupid, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you don't know this guy, you've never seen this man before, he looks suspicious as hell, he's wearing a white shirt and white gloves. I mean, anyone who's wearing fucking white gloves during the day, and isn't a Mickey Mouse impersonator at Disney World, or Disneyland. Or Michael Jackson. (laughs) Or Michael Jackson. 
I yeah, I, I would. That, that's something that's really questionable. Well, I mean, considering the crime rates in those uh, Scandinavian countries are like so much fucking lower than ours, they probably don't even like have the. They probably don't have that paranoid mindset that Americans do about this kind yeah. of stuff. But at the same time, it's like just don't fucking do it. <laughs> they they want more than just eggs. Yeah, I mean, like, that was, like, Michael Moore trying to paint Canada as, like, this... Uh, now, granted, Canada is a lot safer, probably, than America is when it comes to crime, but, you know, in that Michael Moore documentary, um, he, he tried to make Canada out to be this, like, utopian, like, paradise where no one locks their what, the doors. the big one? Huh? Was that it? Was it the big one? The big one? No, it was... Uh, I want to say it was Bowling for Columbine or Fahrenheit. Oh, it was Bowling for Columbine? Or Fahrenheit 9-11. It was one of those two documentaries. Oh, okay. He There's a scene where he, like, go, he's, like, walking through his Canadian neighborhood, and he's, like, opens... He's, like, randomly walking up to people's houses, and he's opening their door, and... Because he's just wanting to see if they lock their doors. And he's like, hello? And and they're like, what? what? What's... You know, he's like, oh, sorry. I, I just, uh you know, wanted to see if you locked your door or whatever, and it was, like, so weird. It, it almost, That's fucking creepy. Like, yeah, it almost seemed like it was, like, more. scripted, you know? Like, it's like, yeah, you know, that, that that's not gonna fly, you know? If you, if you want to see uh, something that talks about Canadians in a way that's really out there, you should try watching that movie Canadian Bacon. <laughs> that's, uh, that's another one he was involved with, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And that was um, John Candy. Wasn't that one of his last yeah. movies? Yeah, it was one of the last films he did. It wasn't about the- how the United States decides to uh, start a fake war with Canada. Oh wow! That it, that escalates to some actual legit conflict. So it was it was like a satire, political satire. Mm. Yeah. Well, fucking Alan Gold, uh, Alan. Golder. <laughs> uh, so what? What do you have to say? Uh, you rewatched the segment recently. I, I watched the segment a while back. So, was there anything about the segment in particular? The acting, the the way it was shot, uh, any, the narration that stood out to you? Uh, there was one part where uh, Robert Stack just had one of his Robert Stack isms and how he narrated that I, that I love so much. He was like, um, you know, when Alan Golder was released from prison, he was going to try to live legit. He was going to get a real job and go back to school. Or so he said. And I just I just love that little uh, (laughs) too legit to quit (laughs) like that, that slight pause and the kind of uh, cheeky or so Uh, he said, you know, um, (laughs) as far as filming, I thought this I thought the filming I thought it looked good. It was a later um, later season episode i think it was on season 12 i think it was season 11 i think okay well it was later on so they were you it know it was a lifetime it had it had more of that made for tv movie look instead of, instead of that grainy like cinematic look that the original episodes had but uh-huh. but even still there was a lot of dark that they were working with since it's you're dealing with a guy breaking into houses and shadows yeah yeah so i mean it kind of hit a lot of the you know poor Poor quality of uh, filming on tape instead of yeah filming the low on, the low produ- the lower production values it kind of yeah kind of hit, hit hit it in the, in the, in the darkness and the shadows if you will yeah and then like the scenes where he's like working with the mafia and you know you got the the the, the stereotypical stereotypical old Italian guys like 
Now, what you want to look for is the four C's: color, clarity, and whatever the hell.、Um, <laughs> and、uh, he's like, "Yeah, but God, it'll do. Look at that. People aren't gonna leave the good jewelry on the on the uh, you know, right in front of uh, everybody. They're gonna leave uh, they're gonna leave it somewhere hidden, basically." Um, but yeah, there was there, there wasn't really anything about the reenactment that、uh, stood out to me as like being particularly like bad or cheesy or anything. It was pretty,、um, it's pretty good. Yeah, I just found it. It wasn't I, quite gold, but you know,、oh, it was、geez. it was it was more Oof, like zirconium. Dad, you know, dad, dad joke <laughs> attack. I wasn't even ready for it. But are you ever really ready for a dad joke? You know. No,、um, it was more like fool's gold. I just I found it interesting that he made all this money from from stealing from people, and、um, he never he made like twenty nine million dollars. Yeah, he made a lot of money, and it's like he at no point was like, okay, I'm gonna stop doing, I'm gonna stop breaking the law now, and just like, but I mean, like that was his that was his reason to live. Like it really wasn't about the money. The money was, was just, tied into his identity. That was who he. Was that was everything about Alan Golder? Like I, there is really no Alan Golder. There's just the Dinner Time Bandit. You know, it's、right. that kind of thing where he, that was who he was. That was his identity. He didn't know how to live or how to do anything without robbing、uh, homes. It's it's very similar to other addictions that people have. Um, I mean, there are instances where people they do develop a psychological.、Uh, I don't think "crutch" is the right word, but a, a psychological addiction to crime. When you're doing something you're passionate about, it's hard to retire from it because that's your passion. When you're doing something that's a job, it's easy to retire from it because you don't want to fucking do it. You want to pursue your actual hobbies. Also, there's a certain thrill. To to、uh, robbing homes too and being a jewel thief. Well, that's that that's like all these probably couldn't replace. That's like all these bands like who 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 go who quote unquote go into retirement and then they come back like not even five years later. Like Kiss, the amount of times that Kiss has gone on a, <laughs>、yeah. their farewell tours, Motley Crue's come back after they said they would never do that.、Uh, you know, and, it, and it, because I think maybe Mo-、uh, Motley Crue, they should have like. Stay、oh, retired, yeah. considering Vince, how bad Vince, Vince Neil's, Neil's voice is. Absolutely, voice is. But I mean, it's. A, but what happens I mean, is his like, voice is shit. But he can't even like remember his own lyrics either. So it's just like the double whammy. Well, to be fair, just, they're not his lyrics. Nikki Six writes all the lyrics. I know, but I mean, he can't even remember the lyrics of the songs for for. It, it mean, is kickstart my heart. Video is just so. I don't know. Fucking embarrassing. I don't know what it is, but whenever you don't write your own lyrics and stuff,、so, because <laughs> like this happens with me and Stephanie. Like if if I'm singing lyrics that Stephanie wrote, like it's harder for me to remember them than the ones that I wrote. I'm not saying that's an excuse for Vince Neil. He's complete garbage of a singer and performer these days. I never thought his voice sounded good. I I think it fit in that '80s high pitch. Yeah, he was he was okay at best. Like he was average. Like your average hair metal kind of. I don't know why all hair、vocalist. metal singers they all have to. It's like they all sounded like cartoon rats to me. They're like, like how they <laughs> sang like in like a like a kids cartoon show. Like, like why did they all have to be? Why did they have to? Like, why was that the sound that everyone was like, yeah? They all sounded like fucking、uh, Mighty Mouse or some shit. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got the noise. <laughs> 
or whatever the fuck they say. And, uh, and then, of course, in the quiet riot, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, in the 90s, you had everyone having a scene like this where your jaw didn't move. Like, that became the de facto style. It's so weird how that, like, vocal styles will evolve. Oh, I will take the cartoon rat over the, you know, singing without moving my chin. I would take the, I would take the Yarl over the cartoon rat because uh, the bands that actually started that way, that they, they were more legitimate, they were being more sincere than the copycats that came after them. But anyway, we're getting off to a whole different topic here. <laughs> the point that I was going to make was that these bands come out of retirement because even though they have all the money in the world, their passion is playing music for people. And it's the same thing with this Alan Golder guy. Even though he had all that money, he his passion was the thrill of, can I break into someone's house and have them not know? And another thing I liked about this guy um, was how he never killed anyone. Like, like no. violence was not... Yeah. He never wanted to like hurt anyone. Like the most he ever did was tie a woman down and stole her car because yeah. uh, he he accidentally got discovered by her or whatever. I think that was his whole point. Like the, the whole part of the thrill for him is to do it that way. Because it's easier to just go in, be violent and do whatever. It's harder, it takes more skill to do what he was doing. As a thief. Not to mention, by not killing anyone, if you get caught, you're, you, they're going to book you on way less. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you kill, you go in there and cap a few people, you're looking at, you know, life life in prison, you know. Uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, you're looking at life in sometimes, prison. Sometimes they, they have, they only do like seven years in prison, then they get to live the rest of their life, which I don't, I don't yeah. understand that. Or like the guy who strangled uh, actress Dominique Dunn, uh, her hus- her boyfriend, he strangled her to death, and he only served two and a half years Jesus in prison. Jesus Christ, man. I, I can't believe that. But, I mean, it's, it, oh, it's a crime of passion. I'm like, bullshit. It was premeditated. But, he sent her a chocolate mask of her face to her doorstep the night that he killed her. Like, like he knew what he was doing. He knew, he knew that it, it was very creepy. It was almost like a death mask. Yeah. Even people who like, you know, even people who like, like they get out of jail early, they're still gonna have to live with the fact that they took another person's life for the rest of their life. You know, I mean, that's got to fuck with you to a certain extent. I mean, look at uh, the poor. Ba- for some people, that poor bastard Alec Baldwin, man. I never liked any of his movies. I never liked. I him. hate. I I know some people might call me, you know, loser or whatever, but I I have not been a fan of these memes. It, it, it's like making a meme about Michael Massey who shot and accidentally uh, killed Brandon Lee on the set of The Crow. Oh, yeah. To me, it's, it's not funny. It's just like, people are making fuck? People are already making memes about that? Yeah, they've made tons of memes already about it. <sighs> so fucked up. That That is not something that... That's not something that's funny to me. And you know I'm yes I'm I'm Mr. It's a typical edge lord yeah, kind exactly. of humor. Like I'm not surprised that they're doing it, but it's just one of those things where it's like it's I don't find it funny at all. And I have been a fan of Alec Baldwin, and I feel for him just like I feel for everyone else, dude. It seems like it was a really, f- uh, uh just messed up situation all the way around. I think there's a lot of blame to be shared here. So the people saying that, oh, it's Alex's fault, it's all his fault, 
I, I, I don't like that. No, it sucks. I mean, his life, his life is literally never going to be the same. Like he's going to have to live the rest of his life knowing that he, you know, even though it was on accident, he took someone else's life. That sucks, dude. That sucks. And that Michael Massey, I think he, I think Michael Massey um, ultimately committed suicide. That's what I heard. Yeah. He, he, it fucked him up for the rest of his life. Yeah. He couldn't get over it. Yeah, it's God. That sucks. I mean, I would be so. Oh my God, that person who who gave him the live round or whatever. Like, man. Well, there's a lot of stuff coming up about her, the weapons expert. That's really bad. Like, she was inexperienced, and there was a point where she was doing such a a, a really piss poor job on this on another on the set of another film that Nicolas Cage like got really pissed and like walked off the set that day. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's fucking serious business. It's the most serious thing. And I know yeah, Alec Walden is listed as a producer, but there are a lot of people involved with film production. It's not just the producer who's responsible for all these things. But what pisses me off about it is that they made the same fucking mistake they did that killed Brandon Lee. Why are we still doing this? Oh, they why were trying. We they, still, they, they were cutting. Why corners are we still to, cutting corners when it comes to to firearms? Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize it was the same. Uh, yeah. that situation where they pretty much the same situation from what I read. They sent. They were cutting corners. Sent the person home or something, or had somebody that was inexperienced handling the weapons. This is the kind of shit that happens when you cut corners and you don't have the right people for the job. Well, going from an accidental mor- murder, let's go to a on-purpose murder with yes. the case of uh, Malika Griffin. Griffin! Um, this bi- what a fucking bitch. This piece <laughs> of shit. Um, okay, so let's just get into it. 25-year-old... Carpenter Jason Horsley moved to Denver, Colorado in 1996 looking for the diversity he couldn't find in his hometown of Sheridan, Wyoming. I guess he was tired of being surrounded by so many white people. I don't know what that statement means, diversity. Um, he and his fiance Deborah Lazelle, bought a former crack house in the diverse... I just remember hearing that and I was like, wait, I did a double take. I was like, huh? Did I just hear Robert Stack? Say, say crack, crack house. house. Yeah, if you took the clips of some of the things <laughs> that Robert Stack has said over the years, you could make a really funny like uh, bit of him with like chopped up words and putting them in the wrong order. <laughs> like tonight, we will go to a crack house and get high and have sex. <laughs> like, but anyway, uh, they bought this crack house and uh, in the uh, diverse. City Park West neighborhood and I, diverse. I feel like it's just a euphemism for black people live there. You know, like black people and Hispanic people. Uh, but you know, they don't want to say a black neighborhood, so they say diverse um, or urban. That's another. Which, uh, which honestly, at this point, it, because it's so well known, it, it's just as bad to a lot of people. So you're better off just not even mentioning that at all. I mean, I've never really met. I've never really met a black person that's like, oh, I want to. I want to be called a person of color. I don't want to. Like, it seems like black people are fine with being called black people. It's it's white people who get all like, 
they're a POC person of color. Like that's even worse when they abbreviate it. It's like that, that to me is more, I don't know. I'm not black, so I can't really, you know, comment one way or the other because, you know, it's not my kind of issue. But anyway, Diverse City Park West Neighborhood is where they bought the crack house. And they spent many hours and thousands of dollars remo- uh, remodeling the home. It says remolding here. Remolding the home. You know, you don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> le- leave the mold how it was. Don't remold it. <laughs> how do you even remold something? I mean, as a giant clay house, maybe they could remold it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not, not if it's already dried, though. Anyway, <laughs> Deborah felt that moving to Denver was a dream come true for them. However, that changed when she met their next door neighbor, Malika Griffin. Soon after moving in, Griffin became angry with her, threatening to kill her dogs and yelling several racial slurs. Jason and Deborah were Caucasian, while Malika was African American. They have that in parentheses. So I guess what was Malika ban you cracker ass motherfucker? I kill you and your goddamn barking ass dogs. Anyway, over the next few that was better acting than the actress. Oh, that I know. They had yeah, in this that, she was fucking. She was horrible. <laughs> over the next few months, Griffin had several confrontations with her neighbors. Although she didn't own a car, she had several issues with people parking in front of her house. She also can- why you don't have a fucking car? Like what? What's the fucking problem? Uh, pride. She's probably just really prideful and like, this is my fucking house. She ain't gonna park in front of it. Crack ass motherfucker. Yeah. Um, she also complained to Jason about unloading his carpentry tools on this onto the sidewalk in front of her house. Like, oh my god, bro. Talk about petty. And this bitch gets like the pettiness uh, award of the uh, decade, I think. On another occasion, she argued with him about putting his ladder on her property, even though the landlord said it was okay. None of the arguments made sense to him and Deborah because they had never trespassed on her property. Then on May 19th, 1999, Jason returned home from work and began unloading his tools onto the sidewalk in front of the Griffin's house when she came out and became scre- and started screaming at him. Deborah said that when she went outside to see what was going on, Griffin threatened her and they both stormed back into their houses. Jason continued to unload his tools when Griffin came back to his truck with a 9mm pistol and allegedly shot him in the back at Point Blake Rage. So the way the Wikia describes it here is different to the reenactment. Is The reenactment was like, it seemed like there was a decent amount of time that passed. It was like the next day or something. No, no, no. The, the, then, the, the wife of uh, the guy who got shot she went in the back to water the flowers. She didn't. Oh, she didn't okay. go back into the house. And no, yeah, and I remember her saying like, "Don't do that." Like that's just like she was telling her her husband like, you know, don't don't unload your tools. You know, da 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 da. Yeah, and there was no there was that. no allegedly. I mean, she fucking did it. I mean, I don't know why yeah, they're saying there's no allegedly at all. Yeah, like, why are you trying to like put? Why are you trying to cast a, a any doubt here, uh, Wikia? Um, the bullet pierced his heart and he was killed almost instantly. Deborah found him slumped over in his truck, unconscious and bleeding profusely. He passed away a short time after arriving at the hospital. Fucking awful, man. Meanwhile, yeah, it was, Griffin... It was one of those things where you're just like, fucking hell. Dude, like, I'm telling you, it's this fucking show that has made me paranoid of, of strangers. Because, like, in my mind, this is why I don't get into confrontations with strangers. Because in my mind... They're going to pull out a gun or a knife and just kill me. You know, like I, I just 
I just assume everybody. Yeah. Especially if you're an American. Just super is, paranoid. You know, is, is, is they're packing, you know, like, especially. I mean, that's kind of like, uh, I don't get involved with the shoplifters at my work. No, like, there's no uh, fucking I'm, point. I'm, I'm just like, I'm just like, hey, it's okay, man. Like, just, just, I'm, you're good. You're cool. Especially when you see like a giant ass fucking Bowie knife in their bag. Like, I ain't fucking. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, I do not want to deal with you and your Rambo knife. I mean, these stores, these stores have insurance set up for shoplifting <laughs> anyway. They call it their shrink or whatever. And yeah. um, they, they basically op- operate their business assuming that they're going to lose a certain amount of goods every year from uh-huh. theft. So, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, you know. Um, and you know if if you're cool with- unless it's employee theft like employee theft is a is a different thing like if you let that slide or you're doing it then like yeah that i mean if you want if, if you don't they- have any moral objection against stealing you know from big corporations i say go for it but uh never steal from a mom and pop shop like that is truly shitty I wouldn't even say go for it on that front because that's a big reason why all these fucking all the prices have been getting more and more steadily expensive over the years is because of people stealing. Well, I mean, it's also kind of mainly because of inflation. It's inflation, too, but stealing is a big part of it. I don't know if that's true. From what I've been seeing and reading from, you know, a lot of people in the industry, that's what it does seem like the case, especially uh, when it comes to certain uh, retail stores. I guess to me, like, if you need the thing that you want, that you're trying to get and you and you're like poor or whatever, um, I don't see a moral. Uh, well, I, I do see a bit of a moral quandary, but <laughs> if it's like, you know, you're between a rock and a hard place and, you know life has fucked you over then sometimes you got to do what you got to do anyway uh getting away from the point here so mr advocate for thieves over here (laughs) hey man i'm an anarchist what can i say fuck the law meanwhile i'm you know i am so locked into the grid it's not even funny with all the bills i have to pay um meanwhile so like griffin caps this guy in the back of the in, in his back or whatever and then she arrives at a friend's house and stole a car at gunpoint. So not a good friend. Uh, Malika Griffin is not someone I would invite to a Christmas party. She is or a wedding or a wedding <laughs> would not have her over for tea. None of that. She is no trivia night. No trivia night. Nope. Uh, Pictionary. <laughs> she is disinvited. So. The car was found abandoned in Iowa. Two days later, police searched Griffin's room and found several racist literature and anarchist internet material, as well as ammunition, hand grenades, and a 9mm pistol. They found uh, guides uh, to uh, doing a lot of uh, terrorist uh, the acts. The anarchist cookbook. That other terrorists, yeah. The anarchist cookbook the- is, is a classic and there was a James Bond thing, like some the poor man's James Bond, the poor man's James Bond. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that was even a book. I never I heard like, of that huh? one, but Anarchist Cookbook. Yeah. I downloaded the PDF of that when I was like thir- going the deep web. No, I was off of LimeWire, <laughs> which is pretty much the deep web of downloading bad shit. Yeah, I downloaded that when I was like thirteen because I was just curious. Um, and uh, yeah, I read probably on a list. 
Yeah. Well, my aunt, my aunt is because I was using her computer because she had she had DSL and my my family didn't. You know, like DSL was like a high speed internet back in the day when you had dial up, you would get the direct service line internet, and it was like fucking a million times faster than um than dial up. So like you know, LimeWire and those downloading sites basically were useless if you had uh, a fifty six k modem. Uh, but if you had DSL, you could actually download the songs at a pretty good speed, and you could, you know, pirate music effectively. You People s- still use LimeWire even with slow ass download speeds. Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> sure, but I mean, it would take. I, I remember, I remember using LimeWire when I was like a teenager. Dude, I used Napster. And, I was like 11 or 12. Yeah. I, I, I was, I used Napster. Napster was no longer around by the time I was starting to catch on to things because it was like. You know, Metallica got butthurt about it, and then that was it. Yeah, I used it before Metallica sued them and all that. Like, I remember the... the I I think the most songs I was able to... Because, dude, it took, like, five to six hours to download a three-minute-long song. <laughs> I tried downloading, I tried downloading Inagata DeVita one time, which yeah. is, like, a 17-minute-long song, and I could never get it to finish. Like, I would wait days and... um it, I, I could just never get that song, so I eventually just bought the album. I mean, that puts things in into perspective when we're like complaining about our phones loading slower oh, or, yeah, for or sure. computer, oh my God, like, like barely. You know, it's not instantaneous. Like you see the wheel, and you're like, "Come on!" Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Like, no. and then you think back, and you're like, "Man, like before, I had to wait like five to six hours for like three songs to download or wait." Uh, f- five minutes for a page to load fully. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's fine. But a lot of people they don't is an know that. Read though, they they don't know they don't have that experience. A lot of people. Oh yeah, no, they'll never. Kids these days, God. The more and more that phrase becomes true, like the older I get, it's like <laughs> the more and more that phrase becomes. Kids these days will never understand. Dot dot dot. Insert whatever bullshit we have to go through in the blank. You know. So anyway, um, Mar- uh, Malika Griffin hated her some white people. Uh, I think that was the main reason why she was, uh, you know, harassing this couple. Um, I mean, this is a hate crime, technically. It's a, yeah, it's it's a hate crime. It is. Uh, it, she clearly. And she was racist. Yeah, she was racist. Um, I I don't want to hear like, oh well, you've done. I, I I'm really tired of the arguments online for saying that you know. Other people of other races, other than white, can't be racist. Like that's just nah, it's complete bullshit. bullshit. I mean, the, I remember, <laughs> I remember after nine eleven, you know, there's all this like anti-Muslim sentiment, you know, amongst like white people. But I can tell you right now, with like the black people I knew, there was just as much anti-Muslim sentiment among them as well. It's not like just because they went through racism growing up, all of a sudden they are this like these like. The most open-minded, accepting people in the mm-hmm. world. No, black. I mean, black and people. Like, we're not saying all people, anyway. You know, we're not making a blanket statement like that. Just to no, but cover I mean, anybody can, anybody can have prejudice against anybody else for any reason. Yes. I mean, it, it can exactly. It can be. That, it can be as that for sure. I mean, it can be. It can be down to as little as like I fucking hate people from up north because they yeah whatever they they're assholes or you know it, it could yeah. be anything. So I mean, you know, but um. Yeah, so 
Surprisingly, none of her friends had heard her talk about the racial rhetoric mentioned in her writings. Um, well, why would you like openly? Yeah, I mean, I mean if it depends you're, on if, what what your friend group was, you know, if you're like a white supremacist, you're probably only going to talk about white supremacist shit around sympathizers. Because at yeah, the end of the day, a lot of those people are pussies and they don't they don't want to out themselves as the white supremacist racist that they are. So they just like keep it to themselves, you know? Yeah. Until someone like oh, I'm not even going to say that. Kind of get down a political rabbit hole here. Until a certain person gets elected that kind of makes it okay, uh then they start you start seeing a lot more of that stuff come to the surface, which I pretty much just said why what said I wasn't going to say, but I mean, you people pretty much know my political beliefs at this point by listening to this podcast. I'm pretty uh, independent, but um, I will say there was a lot more people who um, weren't the most open-minded in the world that definitely came out in droves when uh, they yeah. felt they had a president that made it a safe space for that kind of bullshit. So I, 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 I'm not going to touch upon that. But, <laughs> yeah, that's probably uh, a smart move, Mike. <laughs> But I, I do agree with the notion that, it, to me, it's not that surprising that none of her friends ever really heard her talk about, you know, the uh, racist literature and the anarchist stuff and how much she wanted to be a part of a race war and against white people. Uh, you know, it's not the kind of stuff that normally comes up in in your average everyday conversation between I mean, th- friends. They might be able to relate to a certain degree, like, yeah... You know, fucking police brutality and yeah. this and that and the other. You know, white people have done some sketchy shit to our people in this country in the past. Yeah. But then once she starts getting into the race war part, I think that's when they probably would be like, uh, yeah, I'm going to check out on that part because uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to live my life and, like, you know, work my job and raise my kids. I'm not trying to start no race war, you know. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, According to police, an Iowa man claimed that Griffin had confessed to him that she killed a man in Colorado as he drove to a bus station. As he drove her to a bus station. Oh my god! She, she boarded one to Chicago. So this guy picked her up as a hitchhiker. <laughs> he was just driving her to to a bus station, and just like, oh I, yeah, I, I killed a man back in Colorado. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, who knows? Like, imagine, imagine how freaking awkward that would be. Since it's a, since driver. it's a woman, maybe the guy assumed that um it was a domestic thing or something like that, and I don't know. Women kind of have the benefit of the doubt when it comes to murder because, like, most of them never do it. It's mainly men who are like doing the killing. So I think they they get more of a benefit of the doubt if because it's it's like so out of character for a woman to kill somebody, you know. So eh. if it does happen, it's kind of like, well, there was probably a reason for it. I, I'm more not gonna so, go there. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of feel like if you hear that a guy commits a homicide, it's like. Your your brain kind of instantly goes to like, okay, was it drugs? Was he robbing someone? Your brain's not going to go to those places if you hear like a female committed a homicide. You think, was she trying to protect her children from her? Uh, out- My brain doesn't go to that. Mine place. does. Mine start- does. I'm like, <laughs> is was she trying to like defend herself from some abusive boyfriend? Was you know? I mean, that's I call it fucking whatever you want, but I just kind of feel like that's. 
I don't instantly think, okay, she was obviously robbing someone or she was a, a racist. No, I don't think, I don't, I don't even think about that for, about men or women. Mike, like, you have a very politically thing. correct brain, sir. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you that every thought you have passing throughout the day could pass. Well, it's not always, it's not always It could pass correct. the muster with even the most uh, Huffington Post of liberals. <laughs> I hate the Huffington Post. Don't even get me started with that. But, uh... No, I just I just don't think of uh, of people in that way. I'm like, okay, someone uh, murdered somebody. Okay, that's pretty fucked up. What what are the details of it? I wait to 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 really think about anything about what might have happened until like I get a little bit more details. Otherwise, I'm just like, okay, a crime was committed. Ever ever the prudent ever the prudent Mike Brown stands back and waits for the fucking facts. Yes. Before he makes an assessment. I don't I don't do that for a lot of things. I just I just don't like assuming things about people. Just like I don't like it when people assume things about me without knowing all the facts. So I think that just ties into uh, my mindset, period. I can see you walking into work and there's a dis- dispute between two employees and they're asking, you know, which one is at fault? And then you just slam your badge down on the counter and you go, just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> I really do need to know the facts like Joe Friday. Like, come on, give me, I need to know what's going on. I can't really make a proper judgment based on something I don't really have the right context for or, or the knowledge of, of what the, the details are. I mean, I pretend like I'm that way, like when I'm talking to people in person, but like really in my head, like I, I'm, I'm like, auto- and I appreciate, the, I appreciate the honesty. I mean, I think a lot of people appreciate that about you, yeah. that you're honest. Yeah. Like when it comes to those kind of things, like in my head, I'm like, all right, this is what, this is probably what happened. But then, then I hear the facts. I'm like, okay, I was either right or I was either wrong. But yeah, I mean, I, I form, I form my own scenario when I first hear something. But that's why I don't go on Facebook and like start talking all kinds of shit because it's like if I don't have all the facts, I'm just going to keep my opinion to myself. Anyway, Malika's <laughs> mother claims to have spoken to her over the phone and that she told her that she want she was wanted for a Colorado murder and that she was in Chicago. She's not been heard from since and is wanted for Jason's murder. Uh, the results are she this bitch has cap was captured. On June fourth, uh, two thousand five, after this case was profiled on America's Most Wanted. A tip led the FBI to arrest Griffin in El Cajon, California. She had been working at a... Bio- this part is crazy. I know. <laughs> this is, shit is crazy. She had been working at a biotechnology firm under an assumed name. She was found guilty of Jason's murder along with robbery and vehicle theft. She was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. How the, the fuck was she doing in a biotechnology fuck? firm? Do you get a job at a biotechnology firm under an assumed name? Was she, like, fucking working on, like, a prosthetic fucking dick or something? I don't, like, you know, what is she doing there, you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, was she, like, doing janitorial services? Maybe that. Maybe they didn't do a lot of background checks because of that. But oh, that's true. If you're I doing mean, a, if you're if you're going in just for, like, the receptionist or jan- janitorial, uh, yeah, they're probably not going to do, like, an extensive... Because they don't need to, you know, but... I mean, hey, it looks good on the resume. Yeah, I worked at a uh, biotechnology firm. Oh. Yeah, anytime you put two words I, I together like that. I cleaned the like toilets that. and the bathrooms that dealt with other uh, bio-terror, but... I mean, I bet, um, I bet she hated being surrounded by all those white people. I wonder if she just had these murderous thoughts every day of, like, wanting to kill them. 
Or did she all of a sudden, or or did that one killing like satiate her urge for killing Whitey? I don't know. I, I think she uh, 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 watched uh, the movie Black Sheep uh, a few t- few too many times. <laughs> I and really took it really one. took that really took that uh, bit where Chris Farley yells at the top of his lungs, "Kill Whitey," a little too literally. <laughs> yeah. Well. Glad the bitch was caught. Um, I, I, um, I, so when I was in middle school, I would go to my friend Jeremy's house. Jeremy spoke on yesterday. Clearly, I remember picking on the boy. Seemed a hot. Sorry. Um, we would go to his house, and and he, uh, he had a next door neighbor who was kind of like this. She was some uh-huh. she was some fat white bitch who had like three or four little shit ass kids and um she would just start shit like and my and Jeremy's mom had to like call the cops and all this other kind of stuff um and yeah it was they were just crazy for no reason it was weird but yeah yeah I th- I definitely think um Malika was dealing with some kind of mental illness more than likely I mean. Or some kind of issue uh, involving uh, something that just made her so angry like this. I mean, I'm just wondering, like, what led her to be that violent, to to be that aggressive? Is it a survival tactic? Is it is it is it something that she started doing uh, as a result of something that happened to her? And and it was by an, a, a white person maybe. And then she became really uh, obsessed with uh, destroying uh, uh, white people. I don't know. I don't know the full details of that. It just seems like she just flipped, just snapped. It was just like, I'm going to kill this guy. I don't know. Which just seems really crazy. The world may never know. All right, let's knock out the perks of being a Josh Flower. I'm just going to read one entry here. It's a fucking doozy. I think it's part two of my um, DUI story. May, maybe, may not be. I have not, I have not read this yet, so I don't know. Anyway, oh, it's the, the, the day after uh, jail. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, man. It, like The dates jump around on this one now, so you can never be too sure. Anyway, um, so the title of this entry is Horrible. Okay, I should explain. Uh, Perks of Being a Josh Flower, it's basically a diary that I found, an, an old diary that I had stored on my hard drive that I used to write in on Zanga.com back in the day. And um, yeah, they're just all my thoughts and feelings I had as a teenager and a young 20-something. And So um, with the hard drive, like... where did, did you save this from Zanga or was this like your old hard drive? Like how... <laughs> Did you still have your old hard drive from yeah, like way back well, I, when? Yeah, well, anytime I would get a new computer, I would transfer all the files from the old computer onto the new computer. So this, the this yeah. this batch of um, entries that because Zanga closed down and they gave you an opportunity to download all your journal entries into this XML file. Okay, and so I, I just transferred this XML file from one computer to another, um, and. And I just stumbled upon these and I was like, hey, this might be a funny thing to read on the podcast. And so far, people have enjoyed it. And if I say something fucked up, because I've never, I haven't read these since I wrote them over 10 years ago, uh, just know that that's how I talked at the time and that I've probably changed my ways and my views. And I apologize for anything that might be offensive in what I say, you know, over 10 years ago. 
the title of this entry is called Horrib- Horribly Cheap Beer, Disappointment, My Smelly Feet, and Anxiety. Yep, gang, <laughs> what? gang's all here. <laughs> I thought, I guess does I... That, does that all still apply now? Uh, uh, For you? I drink, I drink, um... Not expensive beer, but I drink uh, moderately priced beer. It's better than the beer I used to drink. Uh, I am constantly disappointed in my my life. Uh, my feet don't usually smell unless I'm wearing an old pair of shoes. I found that the only reason my feet ever stink is when my shoes get wet and they don't really dry properly. And then pretty much any time after that, if I sweat in my shoes, if my feet get sweaty, my feet are going to stink. So it's not my yeah. feet, it's the shoes. And it's if if they get wet, because if you have a brand new pair of shoes and they never get wet and you always wear clean socks, you shouldn't have stank feet. But I finally figured that out like this year or last year. I felt like, (laughs) Jesus, dude, you're just that's like, God. Uh, Anyway, uh, here goes. Mm. Ah, well, good old Zanga still still here listening, listening to my bitching for almost 10 years now. Wow. And I bet if you look back at some of my first entries and looked at this most recent one, there would probably be a, there would probably be little change except for a few things. And those things would probably be one, <laughs> I lost weight and am almost to my ideal body image. Two, I'm in party for three instead of insert old band here. Three, I'm doing stand-up comedy now. Four. Oh yeah, that face. Uh-huh. Four, so I must have been 22 when I wrote this. Four, <laughs> I'm tired of doing this little number thing. So Kayla Myers stopped at nothing short of sitting me down and pointing me in my face, screaming, we're only friends. That's all we'll ever be. Stopped acting surprised by that. Oh, shit. Friend zoned. Wow. Hard. Wow. Really? So I guess that one time you tried to fuck me or the other time when you said you liked me, but you would only date me if I quit smoking cigarettes. Yeah, that was just the actions of a friend, right? And, you know, what's funny, I totally screwed up any chance of us actually fucking again in the future because I've clearly showed that I can't handle a DTF situation down to fuck because of my incessant bitching and throwing that subject back in her face. Quote, yeah, but what about when you tried to fuck me, but I couldn't do it because I couldn't get it up? See, if you didn't like me for real, you would have never done that. Horrendous. What is wrong with me? I always get... Uh, I always get them to my house, but make a wrong turn somewhere and can never seal the deal. And before I could blame every single problem on my... You always get pulled over for a DUI. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, that thing I just Uh... mentioned. So this chick, who I was incredibly attracted to, um, who also turned out to be incredibly crazy, um, out of nowhere one night, like, she was like, I want to have sex. And this was a chick who was like friend zoning me all the time like wouldn't even let me touch her and one night all of a sudden she's like i want to have sex and for whatever reason i could not get a heart on like i just i was so i don't know man it was so weird i just couldn't and i never had that problem since but that one time it's like your body just knew yeah but i don't know it was just like this bitch is crazy like no we're not doing that i was just so in shock that she was saying that i'm just like i was so used to like doing nothing and now she's letting me do everything i'm just like what you're so overwhelmed it's just like i don't know what to do so yeah that was that situation um (laughs) so uh can never seal the deal and before before i could blame every single problem on my weight well now I'm not fat anymore, so it's all on me. Fuck. 
I was more comfortable when I could use my fat as a scapegoat to all my social woes and dilemmas. What the fuck is it now? Do I act too effeminate? Do I don't know what they females as a whole are looking for, but I obviously don't have it. Let me rephrase that. I want attractive women to fuck. But why, though? <laughs> Sex in and of itself is not that fulfilling. And it's not the nut either, because I can always just rub one out and be done with it. Why do I keep chasing these girls who may look good, but have all this fucking damage inside? Is it the chase I'm after? I don't think so. I think I just want something that's beautiful that I can call mine, you know? Not that Still I. Still a little bit of that incel. Yeah, exactly. Not that in, I want to post. not to not that I want to own the girl like a slave or anything, but I just want something that I find beautiful to also want me. That has rarely ever happened in my life. And it sucks because I feel like I've worked so hard on my physical image that I should be able to land these hot pieces of ass, but Jesus tits, you wouldn't know it by my scorecard. <laughs> Jesus tits. The only girls that will sleep with me are girls who are not that attractive. And all the girls that are fucking sexy don't want that much to do with me. Probably because they have so many options. Why do why or do you think they don't fuck me because it didn't happen that night and now they're on to the next one? Or is it because I'm not, quote, oh my God, I want to fuck him worthy? I don't know why, or I don't know, but I know guys who look like Johnny Depp don't have this problem. Just seems to be me. I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. I know I'm not ugly by any means. Uh, I know I'm not, Shit, I don't know why I'm having so much hard time reading right now. I know I'm on a level, but I don't know what that level is. This is all vain horse shit that really doesn't matter, you know? I'm really not this shallow, but this is a dilemma I've been facing recently that I don't understand. Oh yeah, and my anxiety. It's back! I knew you wouldn't stay gone for too long, anxiety. Welcome back, buddy. You're my oldest and dearest friend. Yep, I got the uh plastic feeling or chocolate feeling, if you will, it's the weirdest of all my anxieties because I literally can't put into words how it makes me feel when it comes on. This particular anxiety ebbs and flows like the ocean. I can't describe it. All I know is that it's an uncomfortable feeling and it can really bother me sometimes and it heightens my sense of annoyance to superhuman levels to where I feel like I just might lose it sometimes. I've learned winter has something to do with my anxiety for the past 10 winters. I've had anxiety really bad. It's shitty. Besides that, going to college got besides that, going to college got like four or five classes till I get my AA and I'm already 23. Okay, so I guess I was 23. That really bums me out and that makes me feel kind of like a slowpoke. And did you even get your AA? Yeah, I eventually got it. Okay. It makes me feel And then you I didn't really do no, anything with it I after didn't that. I didn't fucking do anything with it cuz then I became a fucking DJ and made way more money yep, than Exactly. <laughs> anything it's I would have gotten choice. with that job. <laughs> that degree. Um it's made me feel like a slowpoke, or let's face it, a loser. Especially since Miss Myers, see above, already has her AA and she's only 20, little cunt. I'm really competitive with people about college for some reason. Dude, I don't know what it was, but when I turned th- 23, it really made me reevaluate my life. I feel like I'm well into my young adulthood now. Oh, man. Just me, before I read any of this, I am just, I am just like, my teeth are, are, my fangs are watering and I am like rubbing my utensils together because I was so fucking young and I swear to God, if I go on to say anything about how I'm old and time has passed me by, I'm going to go choke that 23 year old Josh because I'm literally (laughs) 33 right now and I still haven't accomplished all that much. 
So if this little young motherfucker is about to complain about his fucking time going by, I'm going to choke him. All right, let me go on here. Um, I feel like I'm well into young adulthood now, and my mistakes aren't cute anymore. What am I doing with my fucking life? Oh, my God. Music? Yeah, that's something. More of a hobby, though, right? Stand-up? Yeah, that's all right, too. Can I make a living off of either anytime anytime soon? Fuck no, I cannot. Thank God I've never abandoned college, I guess, even though I've gone at a snail's pace. And what am I going to major in? I don't fucking know anymore. Life is happening, guys. Life is fucking happening. And what am I doing with it? Not nearly Ugh. as much as I want to. Uh, that fucking quote, man, just yeah, is cringe for one. me. I was like, life is happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was bad. That was bad. That was really corny. Um, life is happening, guys. Life, is like ha- happening. life happens now. It's what you choose to do with it, man. So, uh, so I, not nearly as much as I want or have the potential to do. And the fact that I'm aware that I'm not doing enough is what makes it truly disturbing. Okay, just a little side rant about popular music in 2011. Okay, going on a side rant now. Okay, <laughs> this clubby dubstep autotune bullshit has got to go. Yeah, I will agree. It sounded pretty cool when it first came out. The little clubby synth sounds... Sounded pretty rad, especially cranked up. Okay, I get it. But now it's just getting silly. It's not fun anymore. It's embarrassing. I don't know if I'm projecting my hatred for the girl who broke my heart. She liked that shit. Onto the music itself. Uh, This is a high possibility. But let me just go off on some of the common themes that really annoy me about 2011's brand of pop music. Number one, the notion that we're young forever. So, yeah. Oh, such a foolish, flawed notion, young people. You hear some variation of this phrase in most oh, pop songs. Young yeah, listen to me, just this this elitist now talking down to the young people, Mr. 23-year-old over here. Um, you hear some variation of this phrase in most pop songs, and it is implying that we are young, we are sexy, we don't give a fuck, and that's why it's okay when we blow a guy we just met or try ecstasy. Okay, fair enough. Let's take it further. Look at let's take a further look at that though. Most clubs you cannot get into until you're 18. So, okay, you're talking about uh, you and there's... Okay, so they're talking... Sounds like that Foster the People song, right? We Are Young? No, that was um, Fun, who did that song. Fun, okay, sorry. We Are Young! Yeah. That song actually has some lyrics and you're like, what, the cocaine in the bathroom? Wait, what the fuck? Getting higher <laughs> than the Empire State. Yeah. yeah. Uh, most clubs you cannot get into until you're 18. So, okay, they're talking about you in their songs. All 18 and young and tight. Oh, wait, they're also talking about getting tipsy and not giving a fuck. So, actually, you have to be 21 for them to really be referring to you. Okay, so now you're 21 going to clubs and not giving a fuck because you're permanently young. Okay, okay. But wait, now you're 25. Hmm. Now it's getting just a little weird that you're going to the clubs that are playing the kind of I'm young forever, I don't give a fuck music. But okay, mid-20s, not too bad. Ah, now you're 29 and you're going out for one more last hurrah at that same club listening to the same shitty music now as if it, uh, if it was only kind of weird when you were 25. Now it's officially weird dancing to that same music and being 29. Don't you have like a job you have to wake up for in the morning? Are you? Oh my god! I, shut up! I know, dude. Like, <laughs> God, twenty nine's not even old at all. You're like, fuck, dude. And I, 
I know so many people who are like in their 30s yeah. and, and older who go out to like I was being such I could, a I could just, condescending yeah. douche. This is a fucking buzzkill over here. Just imagine like you're at the club. Oh, well, uh, you know, all this music is like talking about how you're young and, and forever. And 25. That's and- not even like weird at all to be in the club at 25. Like I was I, I, I was just projecting like a motherfucker. Um, and then I go on. Like you're the dude at the party where people would just be like, "Who the fuck are you?" I mean, my <laughs> my my attitude just jumps off the page. Like my shitty yeah. attitude, like my my bitter, cynical uh-huh. attitude, just is. It, I can smell it on this entry. I'm just so glad I'm not like that anymore. Good lord! You see, there were some moments of of self reflection here. It started out really uh, positive because there's a lot of oh, you know, I'm I'm. Uh, you know, I used to think this way, but now I'm thinking this way, and so on. And then it just goes back to that the, inner fat just, kid is still there. He still comes yeah, out. Apparently, the inner emo <laughs> hair flip. Um, so I'm still going on about like, don't you have a job in the morning? Are you feeling forever when you when it now takes you two days to get over a hangover? So what those songs are failing to mention is is that you're really only forever young for like, hmm, I don't know, five or six years tops. Man, that's a really short time to be young forever. Hope you're going to college that whole time. Isn't it a mindset? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hope you're going to college that whole time. When you finally get your teenage-minded head out of your ass, you actually have some wisdom to justify your endless nights of living it up because I don't think the IRS is going to give you leniency for your bills because your occupation was being young forever. Oh, my God. Inst- Mentioning I- the fucking IRS? <laughs> I know. What a fucking what a lofty douche. What a loser. I, I, think, I think I'm being so <laughs> clever here. Like, like got him, you know. Uh, instead of working and caring about education rather than a made-up notion of youthfulness, end uh. rant. I didn't say end rant, but I, I just might as well insert Fuck. that in there. <laughs> I love how, how pained you are right now. Because <laughs> you'd be that guy at the party and just like, uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's that negative dick. Who invited him? Ah, <laughs> oh, God. He thinks he's so much better... He thinks he's so. That's that's that's. that's you just you just go on this rant in the middle of a, a club. I just uh, it'd be funny. Like you're in a club and you're just going on this rant and like nobody can hear you because the music is so loud. And then Dude, you're trying I, to like project I, your voice. You're you're not going to live forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it gets to a certain point where it's like you're that guy in the movie that's like yelling and shit, and then some girls like. Oh, lighten up, mister, and then smashes like a beer bottle over my head or something, and everyone cheers, you know? Like, or, or I'm in like up, a dunk. I'm in like a dunking booth, and I'm like yelling all this shit to people, and someone's like, oh, lighten up, buddy, and then they like dunk me, and everyone cheers, and then the movie credits roll. Like, I'm not, I was that guy. <laughs> like, ugh, just like, like, I thought, like, from reading this shit, it's like I just thought I was so much superior than everyone else, like, on a, like on an intellectual level. Mm. Like, I thought I was the smartest guy in the fucking room at any given time. Like, I had all the answers. Pretentious twat. Yeah, cynical, <laughs> pretentious, just um, just elitist, like, uh, just all, all the bad things. Um, now, granted, this was my outlet to rant on, so I, I didn't exactly, like... I didn't format it like it was a, a Facebook post that a bunch of people were going to see. I just posted this as though it was just my own thoughts. So I didn't really word it in a way where I expected anyone to see it. Because honestly, I didn't expect anyone to see it. Uh huh. But 
Shit, man. I talk to Stephanie all the time about how much we miss that music, that like how, when pop music used to be more club oriented, because it was so much easier to play songs like that yeah. at your DJ gigs because they were dancey and people could, you know, move to them. And now, like a lot of the pop songs are like, well, they're finally getting poppier again, I'm noticing. But for a while, a lot of them were like really just slow and depressing. Well, they were, they were and, like that trap music was big for fucking a while. Driver's License, oh, like yeah. one of the lar- biggest hits Ever. Dude, someone hurt that bitch's feelings like hard. Like yeah. Taylor Swift, like ha- has nothing on all the uh, feelings that Olivia Rodrigo has. All right, uh, we have to get ready to go to, to my gig here soon, so let's wrap this up. You've been listening to the Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries podcast. It was kind of a tangent this week. Sorry about that. This is this is a good episode for people who like the chit chat um, or shit chat in some of the cases. Um, you can donate to us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Uh, you'll get the episode early and you can suggest uh, upcoming cases for us to cover. Um, we are on Facebook. You can just go to Facebook and search for uncovering unexplained mysteries. It's uh, go to the groups section. Join our group, our Facebook group. It's better than the Facebook page because you can actually interact in there and it's private. So, you know, don't worry. You can, you know, ramble on about your conspiracy theories and no one's going to judge you um outside or you know outside of the group that is we'll judge you inside the group and finally if you want me and mike but you want us separately we can check you can check out our youtube channels mike mike's youtube channel is youtube.com slash ocp communications that is ocp communications mike is a movie guy he's a movie buff he's a movie buffer um talks about <laughs> movies and he buffers uh what was the last movie you talked about or last video uh, did? I, I i don't buffer that much as uh but anyway uh the last movie i talked about was a film called funny games a foreign film from 1997 that was just a pretentious boring piece of shit that has like all these really good reviews just high praise and i'm like i get the subtext because it's like surface level and the writer is just so smug and pretentious about shit that it's just so irritating. So he was me like 10 years ago. Yes, exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, I also uh, reviewed uh, Halloween Kills, the latest film in the Halloween franchise. So I did that as Heard well. Heard that movie so. sucked. I liked it okay as a time waster. Is this a dumb, fun slasher Wait, movie? Which one, a of, lot of, which one of them that came... Wasn't there one that came out recently that like you hated... Yeah, I don't like the 2018 film that much, the one that came out before, because it was just basically Halloween H2O again, but with like a few extra ingredients. I I, I, I used an analogy that I that I still think is pretty good. Uh, Halloween 2018 is the smart water of, of Halloween films, you know, of Slasher. It was like, oh, it's it's. It has all these extra ingredients. It's got pH. It's got electrolytes. It's new. It's not just H2O. But really, when you break it down, it's it's just regular H2O. But with just, you know, a fancy name. Well, if you want to hear Mike talk more about various waters, you can head over to his channel. And he also <laughs> talks about movies sometimes, too. Uh, if you want to head over to my channel, it's youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. Um, dancing with ghosts. Uh, I do movies, or I do videos about fucking mo- full-length movies about music. No, I do uh, videos about music. I would like to see that This Is Spinal Tap thing, like you were thinking about. You did like that come, like that little teaser. Oh, just, oh just the Dance fun. with Ghost movie, yeah, yeah. 
Like, that actually would be fun. Yeah. It's a short film. I think that could have a lot of potential. But anyway, I do, like, like I review music. I talk about music. You can find my band's music on there. The last video I did... Rant about Vex, Rex Viper. Last video I did was tearing Rex Viper's live performance, A New Asshole. Um, could not believe... Like, so, Angry Video Game Nerd started a band, and at first I made a video about their awful music videos that they were releasing because I just thought they were really cheesy and corny. And then people in the comments were like, well, you got to do a video on their live. They just did a live performance at Too Many Games. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. So I watched the whole performance, which was very fucking painful. And my God, the amount of studio trickery that they used to make their songs sound so much better than what they actually are. And the songs themselves are still crap, even like the studio version. But it's more like, you know, listenable crap. This live stuff was, oh my God, it was so bad. That Their lead guitar player, who was like a big part of their sound, he was like drunk the whole time. Like uh, he, uh, did you watch that video I did? Yeah, I did. Yeah, maybe can, he was, can you maybe believe he was drunk. How, or, can you believe how bad he was? Yeah, it was It was really astonishing. Uh, maybe he was drunk or, or maybe he just sucks. I could not maybe believe. Not that good. Dude, it was so bad. And there's Maybe he was covered up by post-processing, you know, or, or you know. <laughs> no, I mean, I, the only way that you could, because, I mean, even in the music videos, he's pantomiming the parts. So he... He knows how to do the parts. The only thing I can think is that it just took, he just literally took like, he did a million takes in the studio and he took little pieces from each one. Yeah, it could And assembled like a perfect sounding guitar solo. People do that with vocals a lot in the studio. They'll take a singer, a singer will do like yeah. 10 or 20 takes of just the verse of of one song and they'll yeah, take and then speaking of the vocals like the vocals on the live performance were really bad too i mean they weren't that great to begin with in the regular uh non-live uh cuts just, of, of those songs i could not get over how like unprofessional for you know yeah. james rolf being mr like professional and every and trying to you know like multiple millions of subscribers like I cannot believe well, how I mean, unprofessional <laughs> that guitar player was. Mr. Plagiarism. Like, I, I'm, right. I, I, so, yeah, my third <laughs> my third video is going to be about that, and then I'm going to end the fucking trilogy. I'm so tired of talking about... Because then you got everyone... Like, even though I'm, like, pointing out, like, their tiny-ass little cheesy amplifiers and their shitty drunk guitar player and their off-pitch oh, singer... Oh, well, they're just having fun. You still got all these goddamn James Rolfe fanboys just piling onto my video... Just all they got is my hair. That's the only like it's it's funny because it's like, <laughs> dude, your hair oh, is, is so cringe. Oh my god, your hair is cringe. You look like the one. Wait, go ahead. The one that made me laugh was the one where the guy was complaining about your sound. You remember that one, like that long paragraph post. My sound in the my who, sound in the video or my sound. Yeah, the sound in the video. Like he was complaining about you know like who, who are you to talk with your sound in your video and i'm like what the fuck is this guy even talking about the sound sounded really good to me i don't saw about how it's like i think it was mentioning like echoes or whatever some other bullshit and i'm like yeah whatever it is is nowhere near as bad as the sound in the life i mean show. angry video game nerd james rolf whatever he's been giving people enjoyment for like over 10 years yeah. so there's and i gotta be honest even his latest video his latest nerd video was entertaining so he's still making entertaining videos yeah and because of that fact anybody who you know says anything bad about him or anything he's doing they're just gonna blindly attack me whether i'm right or not 
They're just going to, like, don't fuck with my nostalgia is basically what they're saying. Like, don't fuck with the guy who's given me good, happy feelings. You know, that's, I get it, you know, and I get, so any of the hate, I don't take any. That's like if anyone decided to attack Brendan Fraser right now, because he's, he's like so popular with a lot of people. Like, he's a sweetheart, like, he's the, he's great, like, he's a, one of those wonderful, great actors, and I'm like, you know what, I, Brendan Fraser as a person is probably a wonderful guy, and, and I've heard nothing but good things about him, and he's been through the ringer over the years. I mean, what happened with his divorce is just a testament to show how a relationship falling apart can destroy a man. Um, but he's never been like an amazing actor. I'm, I'm, I, I don't care if I get flagged for it. And I, I've always been a fan of him. But like, let's not like say he's, he's like a really good, excellent actor. Like, this is a guy. He was Lincoln and Sino Man. He was George and George of the Jungle. Like, it was Dudley Do Right. <laughs> None of those movies He's, you just mentioned did well in the box office either. Encino Man did. Oh, did Encino it? Man made a profit. Oh, okay. I think George of the Jungle did okay, but Deadly Do Right was a bomb for sure. Uh, and the Mummy, I love him in the Mummy and the Mummy Returns. Uh, but he, you know, he's he's a fun guy. He has a he has a good personality. He definitely has charisma. But I, from what I've seen, it seems like he's a little limited as an actor. So I'm hoping with these new roles that he's getting and these more dramatic films that he can show that he does have that extra range. Yeah. Because I'm I, and I'm rooting for him, but from what I've seen, I'm not gonna sit here and say, "Oh yeah, Brendan Fraser, amazing actor." Like, no, he's good. But he I'm never, sorry, I'm not gonna say the guy. That, like, I'm gonna say he never had that super breakout role that was just like, "Oh man," like, you know, um. Like uh, at least for serious dramatic, yeah, he acting. never had his you know, like he never, he never had his Heath Ledger Joker moment, you know. Yeah, I don't. Think. And maybe he'll have that. Yeah, well, I liked him in Airheads. Yeah, he was a lot of fun in that too. Yeah, like he was really good at playing those kind of characters. Yeah. Uh, um, but serious roles, eh, maybe it wasn't really necessarily as good in the serious roles, from what I remember. Yeah. All right, well, I got to wrap things up. I got to drive my ass over to Eclipse and host some <laughs> karaoke. So until next time, guys, we will we will see you later. Be safe, and uh, I don't know, bye. See ya. Oh.